The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me, my co-host, of course, former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett. And today's guest on Talk of Champions is former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now Chicago Bear, Bobby Massey. Bob, what's up, man? Man, not much, man. How y'all doing? I'm going to be honest. We all kind of knew that after Michael Orr, you was the next offensive line that really was going to – the next offensive lineman that was really going to name going to be here in the draft everything. Now you get to Arizona, you look up, you see all these infam- uh, these unfamiliar faces in the locker room, and you see Bradley Sal. Along with you, feel a familiar face. How did how did that feel? Oh man, that was love to see Brad, bro. Uh, Cause man, that was like I was back at home. He bought a piece of Ole Miss with him. Brad, like, I'm still I'm surprised Brad doing what he doing. It's nothing but salute to Brad that his hard work and everything, man. But Brad they, doing this thing. I talk about Brad all the time. Brad is a good player. All props to Brad. Brad, he he has the perfect uh, body to be an offensive lineman, an NFL offensive lineman, but I tell people all the time about how me and Brad used to go at it at practice. Head button here and there, but I understand that's that's the part of being a lineman. But I've never seen that come out of you. Who was that guy that had that that you faced that you really had to, to go to war with or it was a real battle that tackle? Because I would like to think in college you throw my name in there, I would hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, for the brother. You know you gave me hell in practice, bro. From day one I got there to I left from college, bro. You, Greg, Tillman, and uh, E Man. I can't leave out E Man, bro. She come with them headbutts like uh, like crazy. Um, that's a name, Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> Emmanuel, oh, oh, no, oh, Emmanuel yeah. Stevens. Emmanuel Stevens, yeah, yeah. But NFL, but Cam Awake, he gave me my welcome to the NFL uh, game. He got me for four sacks in that game. That was a coming to Jesus moment for me, right there. <laughs> but uh, this, recently, the duo I had the most trouble with in Chicago, Nick Perry, he's something serious, bro. Like, he is a, tr- he is a true animal. Up uh, for Green Bay, he a dog. 
for Ole Miss fans that are listening to this that don't really know what go into it, you had to deal with the combine stuff. How nerve wracking is it, and, and what was the process like for you? I mean, yeah, it's nerve wracking, but at the same time, it's an opportunity. Think of how many guys play college football, um, juniors and seniors, probably a thousand, and it's only three hundred who get selected to go to the combine, something like that. Supposedly, this is the best of the best, the cream of the crop. So the way I looked at it as, I looked at it as an opportunity to show what I can do, showcase what I can do. Because unfortunately, it was we, I didn't have the season. We didn't have the season we were supposed to have the year I left, my junior year. So I had I had to showcase what I can do against the guys who was at the big, bigger schools who went on to the bowl games and things like that. So that's how I, I approached it. A number of different Ole Miss players are going in. If they said to you, Bob, you've been through it, what's the best advice you can give me? What would you say to them? I just tell them, go eat, man. Like, go give it everything you got because it's your opportunity to separate, separate yourself from everybody else in this draft. Like, that's the moment you got. Because it's all about numbers. This combine, it's, it's, a, it's a pony show. You just walk around, look good, trot around. And from your tape, they make their selection. So just give it your heart, man. And Everything will fall in place for you. When I look at offensive linemen, you know, just from going against them and just watching them and just studying the actual opponent, um, I look at a complete offensive lineman as as being a guy that has that has good hands and long or long arms, so to say, that can punch and has some good, and has good feet. In your words or in your eyes, what makes the complete offensive lineman? The exact thing you said. Besides them just being a dog and being nasty. I mean, they got to have those things, as you said, quick feet, hands, size, be able to bend, uh, be smart. That's the thing that makes good off the line. What, what did you have to work on right when you got into Arizona? I mean, what, was the, what were the things that they targeted and said, Bob, you need to do this? What did you kind of identify? It was the speed of the game that I had to adjust to. Because playing in the SEC, that's the, that's the best of the best. But the NFL is a whole different, uh, whole different monster. So that's what I had to adjust to. Everybody was a lot faster Getting off the ball, that's the thing. Dudes getting off the ball so quick, and uh, especially on silent count, that was a struggle I had to work with, especially on third down and away games, but uh, that was it. I I haven't talked to you a a lot since you got drafted in 2012, and I always wanted to ask you this because going into that draft, you had expectations to be potentially a late first rounder, to drop to the fourth round. What was that process to to sit down and watch other – players' names get called, and you have to have that long wait to 112th overall. I mean, it was disappointing, man. Yeah, I got worried I was supposed to go first round. I talked to a few teams who had said they had planned on drafting me in the first round. Number one on Mel, Mel Kuyper's board in the middle of the first round, so I sat there for two days. That shit kind of hurt, man, because I had everybody over the house. Like, during the first round, all the family and shit cooked. Everybody cooked out, drinking and everything. So first round over with everybody looking at me like what happened? And I ain't I ain't got nothing for him. So I mean it was unfortunate, but you know it all worked out. I ended up ended up in Arizona. The place worked out for me. So I couldn't be happier with it. Is that when you first learned kind of how much of a business the NFL is? Because I, I have to think that players have this idealistic dream of what the NFL and getting there means and then they get baptized into the business of it all was that your first real baptism into the business aspect of the NFL that teams will just look you in the face and lie to you oh yeah it was it was because my thought of the NFL was you know watching watching any given Sunday 
you know, that was my thought of it. So, yeah, it was just an eye-opener. All right, you, you're in Arizona, and who are you out there training with, Charles Bentley? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, just with you out there training with him and with a, a all-pro vet, possibly a Hall of Famer, I know he's dropping little gems on you here and there. Does he have a different approach to, like, the, the views of actually being an offensive lineman than actually how you saw the game? It's a totally different approach, but the way LaCharles views it, it's uh, LaCharles is an expert on the human body. So LaCharles, he views it, everything from the ground up. Um, you can't – you can't – no athlete in the world, uh, basketball, football, any sport, can do anything without starting from the feet, feet up. So everything from workouts to nutrition, stretching, um, film study with him. He just has this whole philosophy. Just he's like he's he's kind of like he's kind of like this old line guru, like some phenom man. It's like it's crazy just being around this guy. Yeah, he's he's an expert in that field. Who was one of the best coaches you had? One of the best offensive lineman coaches. I love Coach Markison. Uh, my favorite coach was uh, was my coach, my rookie year, Russ Grimm. You know, he was an uh, offensive line coach out here. He he in the Hall of Fame. He was he played for the Hogs back in the day when they was winning all those Super Bowls. So I would say him and um, Harold Goodwin, my coach who replaced him after the staff got fired. I'm glad Forty mentioned Coach Markison because, look, I, I have been open and honest in my criticism of, of Houston Nutness and his coaching staff, but one guy I'll never say a bad word about is Coach Markison because he truly cared and I, I think in many respects kind of got dumped on by uh, Houston Nutt in regards to when it all went bad. But in, in, in many respects, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, he was pretty much the reason why you ended up at Ole Miss. Is is that safe to say? And kind of what in, what went into your Ole Miss decision over Alabama? The thing that was a deciding factor with Bama and Ole Miss was was the people. You know, all the guys I met on the visit. You know, what I'm saying guys like Forty and AJ Hawkins, Brandon Bolden, all those dudes I met while I was down there, being hosted by Michael Orr and, and Blase Blase, all that. You know, what I'm saying that was a deciding factor. And uh, Coach Markinson, he was cool as hell. You know, came him and Coach Nutt came and met me when I was at Hargrave. Because honestly, I ain't, I never heard of Ole Miss before the whole process. So they schooled me on all that. And um, it's just relationships I built through the visit uh, that I had taken and through the whole recruiting process. Um, that was my deciding factor to choosing school. Was it a tough decision to leave early or was it for you pretty easy? It was tough. Because um, a lot of guys who I came in with, you know, they was they still were gonna be there, and but Coach Knight got fired, and I didn't want to go through a whole new co- coaching change, so that was, and I didn't want to have to go through a new O line coach after having Coach Markson, so that's why I left. Do you follow Ole Miss very much anymore? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I always watch them when I can. Do you, when I ain't traveling. Yeah, so I was gonna say, do you kind of like have prop bets with like this? I know you got Pernell McPhee there in the, in Chicago with you, so do you kind of talk crap about the Egg Bowl until fifty five to twenty happens? But do you kind of get in get into it a little <laughs> bit with your state teammates and stuff like that? Oh yeah, we always talk shit. You know, I talk shit to Fee every day. He's he's still wearing an ugly ass burgundy Mississippi State shirt and shorts every day. Um, every time I see Fletcher Cox, I talk shit to him. So. Still keep it going. Seeing BB, 
this past uh, this past training camp, we did a joint practice with the Patriots. So, yeah, I always keep relationships with dudes from home. It's crazy how, you know, everybody said it all boils down to the relationship. It's not so much the school, it's the people that actually attended the school. And why is this school so important to you? Or why did you actually choose that? And actually, so it was the people. We talk about this all the time. And I said this on the previous podcast. I remember Coach Markinson talking to you on the phone. And before I even know who Bobby Massey was, he was like, hey, Kentrell, I need you to talk to this guy. It's a big-time recruit right here, um, Bobby Massey. And I'm like, man, who is Bobby Massey? But then when I remember, I remember talking to him, like, hey, Big Bob, we know we about to do something special here in Ole Miss. You're going to come down. And yeah. then when I met Bob, I'm like, man, look how big this guy is. You had a different path kind of to get to the NFL. A lot of people don't know. Some have heard of Hargrave, and they don't actually know what it is because just for the people that's just ignorant to it at all, could you just give a little insight into actually what Hargrave is? All right, so Hargrave is a military academy in Virginia. Um, it's in Chatham, Virginia, and unfortunately, they had a PG program, uh, prep school. You go there for a prep year after high school. It's an alternative. Instead of going to junior college, you can go attend prep school for one year for getting your grades up, or if you didn't get a scholarship, you get more college attention and everything like that. That's the route I had to take because I wasn't going to qualify coming out of high school I graduated with a 1.5 GPA. I knew I wasn't going to qualify going into my senior year. And so I had so much to make up. So um, all the colleges already knew that going into my senior year, that I was either going the JUCO route or prep route. So I had ended up with 13 scholarships throughout my senior year, which all got pulled after the season. Then I went to Hargrave. I played there for a year. And I ended up coming to Ole Miss after that. Baby Jay went to Hargrave. You went to Hargrave. Enrique, yeah. as Houston would say. Enrique Enrique. Enrique. Uh, Poe. Yeah, po, they po, all po. went to Hargrave. What What is it like there? I mean, it's hell, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a, it's a military school. Everything you can think of, from movies you've seen to just in your imagination, that's what it is. But at the same time, you, it's an opportunity because it, it's not meant to be – like a resort that you're going to stay in or it's it's not college. So it's meant as a place that you need to go in, do what you need to do and get out. And uh, it's a lot of guys that came through Hargrave. It's yeah. what, um, at one point it was, what, 50 first-round picks or something came through Hargrave. Um, it builds character in you, man, because yeah. honestly, a lot of dudes that come there, I mean, they wild playing this up and, and to put it in, the, in layman's terms. So it gives you opportunity to grow up, be a man. It gives you structure. Military puts some into uh, instills that military mindset into you, and you're competing against some of the best players in the country, and against college competition too. I just know in my era when I was coming up, there was a lot of guys that were premium players, and they just couldn't quite, you know, qualify and all of that. And I'm happy you kind of, you harped on that it was a different route, and if you wanted to play football, that's what you had to do, and it was structure and everything. Because everybody just give up after high school when they see they don't qualify, and they hear they got to go JUCO or this or that, because it's not the big name, so to say, or that big name school that they're just going to give up yeah. all together. You're in the NFL. You're, you're in the NFL now. You're a, a prime-time offensive lineman, and, to, and that you went that route, just showed people that if you really want it, man, there's different avenues, there's different routes. You just got to work and to actually get where you want to be. 
Yeah, exactly, man. You got to crawl before you walk, man. Where I want me in the day. It's funny because I used to uh, joke about Hargrave that that was Houston nuts, like like it was like uh, they had a pipeline to Hargrave Military Academy because Houston. Uh, that, was, that was a honey hole right there. Yeah, he would get to like January right before signing day, a month away, and think, all right, I need to fill some gaps. Where do I go? All right, Hargrave. Here, let's go find someone Hargrave. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what's like your most memorable story from Hargrave? I'm I'm sure that y'all woke up at five in the morning. Did y'all ever have to like run ropes or something crazy that they, they do in the military? We didn't have to actually do like the military training. We just under like that military mindset. You know, we woke up at five every morning, clean the barracks, uh, get in formation, no matter what the weather is outside, march around the premises to the mess hall to go eat. Then you got to go to school. Then you got to go to practice. You had to walk a mile to practice. Then you had to walk a mile back. That's what it was, man. Them boys had to sneak in the nighttime and use the telephones. I heard about them stories. <laughs> sneak in the nighttime, hide behind the trees, or go walk down the road. <laughs> oh, yeah, use your phone. They took your phone. You didn't have no phone. For you, how, how long would you – I know you're gonna what you're going to say, that if it was up to you, you'd play until your legs fell off. But what's kind of the end game and, and what you're looking for? I mean, honestly, you know, I want, I want a Super Bowl. I got a taste. I got a good taste of winning when I was in Arizona. And my last year there, we were, were a game away from the Super Bowl. So, you know, I want that. You know, I want to be able to hold that trophy before I hang it all up. But I want to leave the game healthy. So, on the other end, if the day I, I wake up and I feel like I'm financially secure, that my kids' kids will be good, That'll be the day I hang it up. He's former Ole Miss offensive lineman Bobby Massey, now with the Chicago Bears. Bro, we appreciate the time, man. We'll catch up soon. Ain't no problem, man. Thank y'all for having me.